Lost in the lockdown, cruising through season two now. Uh, we are going to be discussing episode five this week, which is dot 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 and found. Dramatic, dramatic <laughs> um, ellipses. Yeah, <laughs> dramatic ellipses. Yes. So, um, season two, episode five, thirtieth episode overall. Um, it's a gin and sun episode. But before we get further into that, Scott trivia, please. Yeah, sure. Yeah, as you say, thirtieth episode overall. Um, this one was directed by Stephen Williams. He's just one of the, the irregulars back again, uh, written by Carlson Cuse, Damon Lindelof. And I was quite surprised about that after watching the episode because I quite like this episode a fair deal. Um, <laughs> there are, I did find a few bits of it, but I thought overall it was very, very strong, the writing. But we'll get into those, obviously. Um, the episode had 21.4 million viewers, uh, so still riding quite high. It was aired originally on the... 19th of October 2005 uh, and on the topic of dates I do have we're back to the regular format now guys so how old is that rapper Marshall Mathers III aka Eminem he was born on the 17th of October so he recently celebrated his, his, his birthday uh, so what are your guesses for how old Eminem, Eminem is and I was quite surprised because I thought he was a bit older I'm just oh god, well I, this is this is interesting because this is the first one that I like actively grew up listening to. <laughs> Same as yeah. this is like the first rapper I became interested yeah. in because yeah. it was white and it was more accessible for for me. So, I'm, but I'm just trying to think like when he first came onto <clears> the scene, like he must have been in his early twenties. So I'm gonna say like oh, four. He must be early forties. Yeah. I'm gonna go with forty-six. I go. I'm going slightly later, but forty-six. Forty-four. I'm sticking to my early thirties. Wow. Uh, forties. Sorry. Well, John, you're finally one around. He is. Oh. Hey. <laughs> you're two out though. He's forty-eight. He just turned forty-eight. Forty-eight. Really? I, oh, I wow. thought he was older. I thought he was in his fifties, but I think that's me comparing him to to Dre because Dre was a bit older when he became mm. his protege, mm. didn't he? So. Yeah, forty-eight. How old's fi- oh, well. how old's fifty then? I'm gonna have to have a look at this. I think like, Dre has got to be in his like late fifties now, mid to late fifties. But I was quite surprised. I'm gonna say 50, 50 huh. cents forty-five, and I know he was similar <clears throat> around the time of Eminem, weren't he? Fifty Cent was um, common and more prominent in like the mid two thousands, because I remember when yeah. I went on holiday, like my first lads' holiday, when I was about nineteen twenty. Uh, 50 Cent was the guy like he was like the main rapper on the block and I mm. hated him <laughs> I hate all yeah, of his I'm songs yeah I'm not a fan but <laughs> <clears throat> all of them um, but I've, yeah I'll probably say he's about 42 I reckon maybe a bit older than that no, 50 Cent's 45 I've just had a look Jesus huh. that's what I was that's what I was trying to do a comparison with because I know that I know Eminem, Eminem was before but like they signed him, didn't they? Mm. Him and Dre, I think. And 
it's probably uh... all of the same the same ilk, aren't they? So I couldn't have thought. I didn't think he wasn't you know too far away from being a similar age. Yeah, I'm surprised. Eminem, forty eight. He still looks the same as he did when he's like thirty two, though. It's just <laughs> same same hairstyle, same like dress sense. Still cleaning out his closet. Still... <laughs> I was singing that. I was singing that the other day, actually. <laughs> Such a I don't know why, stupid but... song title. I'm cleaning out my closet. <laughs> yeah. What what's that? Is that like a metaphor or? Well, if you if you listen just listen to it, it's daft. But then you put it with the music video, and it's really sinister because <laughs> he's digging the grave, isn't he? <laughs> was it not like like skeletons in my closet? Is that not what it is? I can't remember the song that well. Oh yeah, I thought that sounds more plausible. Like he's kind of uh, trying to uh, you know absolve himself of something. I don't know. Or... Yeah, I was about to say relieve himself, but that's still. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably that's a different Eminem song. <laughs> yeah, like any other. Tri- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess a good bit of trivia for him there is that "Lose Yourself" won an Oscar, so he is an Oscar winner. I mean, that's genuinely a good song. That's genuinely a catchy track. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I like Eminem a lot. Actually, I've got a soft spot for some of his songs, but it's it's difficult where he's been so like mired in controversy like all his fucking career. Not so much recently, but all of his songs got got criticised because it was too vulgar or whatever. And I'm like, no, but fuck it, good for him. I mean, you know, <laughs> you got to have a boy speaking up. So, yeah, the, the the one thing I always think of now with Eminem, it's it's one of those uh, Onion articles or or Clickle or something. It's like uh, his daughter is dating someone who is a really big fan of Eminem's music. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh no, that's the worst person for my daughter to be involved with. <laughs> I know he got involved in a bit of like a rap uh, rap war recently with Machine Gun Kelly, who I'm a big fan of. He's like a newer rapper, and he's just kind of gone pop punk as well recently. But uh, is he? They, they, uh, they, sorry, I say he's going out with Megan Fox. Oh fucking lucky bastard! Okay, now um, <laughs> is he is he your guy with the the guitar and he's on the swimming pool album cover? That's the one. Yeah, he looks like a right yeah. fucking cunt. Sorry. <laughs> No, no, no. I think I I don't think he's like the nicest guy in the real life. I really don't know, but I like his music. So. <laughs> I get if it caters towards your taste, and you're into that. You're into that, the punk stuff, aren't you? So it's a big. It's like a, a winning yeah. formula, I guess, for you. But yeah, it... anything that involves woos, and I'm like, it's instantly eight out of ten. <laughs> he just he just looks like a bastard. He just looks like somebody's just gonna cause cause aggro. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. I can't even like I've got nothing really. You're right. <laughs> good, good thing it's music he's doing. He's not like always on the visual stuff. It's uh, you know just. To be perfectly honest with you, I, and it's half the reason I listen to anything like that. But uh, Travis Barker's the drummer on it and the producer, and it's just almost like Travis Barker teleports to wherever drums are needed. He's on everything. <laughs> it seems it's kind of but he's my absolute favorite drummer in the world yeah so i guess and it, that's half the if reason. he produced it, it probably sounds a lot like blink as well so it... oh yeah yeah and i think uh, machine gun kelly as well he's definitely taken a few tom DeLong, um you know voice techniques onto the album oh. occasionally he dr- he drones out his voice and stuff so. <laughs> i might have to check this out just for the lols just to see if it's <laughs> compatible it, it, do, do you know what it, it is genuinely really good it surprised the hell out of me Really, really oh, okay. That's, that's okay. But if you have a genuine set of approval, and, yeah, I'll give it a go. And he bagged Megan Fox from it, so <clears> you know. <laughs> What's she doing anyway? 
good question. After, Banging Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, I think after the whole um, stuff came out about her Transformers stuff with Michael Bay, it's just kind of not really helped her at all, has it? No. Just... I mean, she was on New Girl for quite some time, and she was really good oh, on she that. was, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's um, right. She was married to your, to that guy from Beverly. Is it Beverly? Is it, oh, what is it? Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Whatever it's called. Is it Beverly Hills or? Do you remember? Uh, uh, Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Yeah, the nineties one. Um, Let's have a look. Brian Austin. Brian Austin That's Green. it. Yeah, she was married to him for like five years, and he's like fifty when <laughs> they got married. So. He's forty-seven now. Good grief. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Megan so. Fox was like 22 or 23 when I got married. It's just weird. Oh, he's the uncle of... Sil- Sorry, I, I watched the reboot of 90210. That's a very embarrassing confession. But <laughs> he is he plays he plays the uncle of Silver, who is in the... Anyway, I'm getting down a hole. Oh, they have like a carry-on, so his character appears in the new version. Is that... They all do. They all do. <laughs> Even Luke Perry. Yeah. Apart from Luke Perry, yeah. he had sense. Yeah, and now he's dead, so. <laughs> Poor guy. I loved him. Anyway, lots of digression there, but that was good. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> we kind of. <laughs> sure, okay. We've got no time for you now. <laughs> and, in, and, in, and in a roundabout way, John, is there any guest stars on this episode? <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we have a few. Um, the, the most notable um, is actually somebody that was um, introduced at the tail end of last week's episode, um, but I forgot to mention, but it, it works quite well, um, feeding into this one. Uh, it's the actor playing um, Bernard, who is an actor called Sam Anderson, uh, and again, he is one of those actors that is like a, a one-episode wonder on lots of a varied career he has 171 credits on imdb and most of them are like one episode of this one episode of that um lost appears to be his most uh, uh his most can't think of the word the the, the show that he's appeared the most prominent on. yeah oh, that's there there we go it was, it was <clears throat> i think 25 episodes of lost uh, um but the the thing i know him from previously um he was in and he had a recurring role on Angel as one of the the evil lawyers in uh, I don't know oh, if you yeah. it, in Wolfram Hart. He was like the head senior partner or whatever it was in that show. Uh, and he had a, a twenty episode run in ER as well. Uh, I think he was. I never did watch Angel. Um... Oh, did you not? Oh, I loved Angel. No. Angel was yeah. so good. I would recommend it absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But also this like, the, the role I've, I've forgotten about this one. He also appears in Friends. He is, I believe, he is the doctor yes. that is obsessed with Happy Days. Yes, the Fonz. He's obsessed with the Fonz. Oh, is it the Fonz specifically? Okay, yeah. So that's him. <laughs> yeah, Phoebe's giving birth to the triplets, and Happy Days is on, and he's really happy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's quite funny actually. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. yeah, but Lost, Lost is his uh, his most prominent role, as you say. Awesome. Um, anybody else, or is that? Uh, no, that's that's pretty now? much it for for this episode. Um, cool, cool, cool. Right. Without further ado, then we'll kick it off. So, as I said before, this is we're coming back to the uh, the Jin and Son story arc, and 
those of you who have listened previously will know that from our collective talks we mm-hmm. kind of adore these two characters mm-hmm. especially on a rewatch mm-hmm. um and i'd say i don't think you'd disagree that a lot of their episodes are fairly high up in the rankings thus far yeah um from our discussions mm-hmm. yeah i would agree so um i think we briefly mentioned it last week but this is kind of like the fill is this the filling in the gaps with the one of the other flashback episodes it's kind of like you find out why Jin had the blood on him and stuff or am i making that up uh, no am this, I going this completely is off tandem? this is their um they don't actually interact this episode in the flashback um it's sort of their stories. It's Jin gets the job at the the hotel as the doorman. That's it. And Sun That's is it. set up on the like the blind date. Oh yeah, with the bald dude. Yeah, <laughs> they do. They really they interact at the very very end of this episode. Oh but yes, it, sorry. Mm. Yeah, but I think we get another flashback to this time in 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 their life later on this season, where there's a bit more things that going on. I'm getting mixed up. Does it? Yeah. You got your guy with the bald head, and things happen with him and son uh, a mm. bit later on. But yeah, this is kind of the start of that of that arc, that flashback arc. Yeah. Okay. So we'll start there then with the flashbacks. So um, I've got it written down here that um, you know she's like we said she's set up on a date, son, and he I think he's called Jali. Uh, um, he's wealthy. He's educated. Um, I'd. I'd sort of say charming in a 2005 way um Mm -hmm. but you know basically he's everything that her father wants him to be rich and you know marrying off into a decent family Mm -hmm. um and as you've said Jin's preparing for a job interview where he's going to be like the doorman basically um whilst he's preparing though his roommate um I think they're talking about him finding love, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he mentions something about uh, the colour being orange. Yeah. Or something to do with... When yeah. you see orange, you'll, you'll fall in love, or love will... Yeah, love will find... Be there. Yeah, be there in orange yeah. or something. That's actually... That's, that's quite right. a nice moment where Jin is talking very... Uh, talking about how he's focused on his career and doesn't really want to think about getting married. And he's he kind of... Within that sentence, he's kind of renouncing his, his background and how he grew up. But then afterwards, he, his guy says, "Oh, you, you left your tag in your tire." But then Frugal Jin mm. says, "No, I, I can't take it back. Otherwise, so there's still those remnants of his humble upbringings and his, you know, that yeah. that you know that probably not so well to do lifestyle that he's come from. So it's kind of still there, even though he wants to go for this big money role, or not big money role, but this kind of ladder career that he wants mm. to start on. I like that, you know, that bit there. Yeah." I thought it was quite interesting, actually. One thing I picked up, um, this was a while ago, but I've, I had it pre-written because of me reading into it, but his roommate is reading um, a book, or he's using, I can't remember if he's reading a book, or uh, he's looking at a text of some description, but it's called, uh, I think it's either Ai Xing or Yi Jing, uh, but roughly translated, that's uh, translated as the book of changes nice <laughs> which i thought oh, was like okay. a, it's a very lindell loft thing as you've said he wrote the episode with cuss yeah. so that's one of their little easter eggs i think and um it's a very ancient chinese text mm-hmm. it's one of the oldest chinese texts oh very good well as you say like like mm-hmm. something 
a prop like that, you know, doesn't appear by accident. So yeah, you know, th that's that's very mm -hmm. deliberately placed. That's so clever. I love it. Yeah, I love definitely. It. Like, I mean, I guess it is just a, a little Easter egg, but uh, yeah, stuff like that. I just I just love to see. I didn't pick up on it, <laughs> but now that you pointed it out, it's like yeah, that's really clever. Yeah, no, I think it was on like a long, long time ago, but it was on what like rewatch number three. <laughs> I really, I noticed it. I was like, oh, I think it was when I was trying to uh, prescribe meaning to absolutely everything and anything, and I just was like, oh, a book. What could that mean? And I looked at it. I was like, oh, it means something. I think I think the general rule is if you can clearly see the title of the book and it's in the frame, <laughs> then it's probably there on purpose. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. He's not Lindelof's not just gonna throw something for the sake of no. it. He's not that kind of dude. So um, Jin goes for his interview with Mister Kim, I believe he's called, mm -hmm. and he berates him for being a villager <laughs> uh, or a peasant. Basically, he stinks of fish. I think he says, um, or he just smells. He could sp not the way yeah. he wants him to. I think it says he could he could smell the fish on him because he actually asks okay. him what village he's from, and Jin's kind of taken aback. Cause he's like, "Oh shit, I've been rumbled." And then, yeah, the, yeah I think if it is, I think yeah, it's Mr. Kim, isn't it? He just says, "Oh, you know, I can smell the fish," and yeah, Mr. Kim, yeah. But he, yeah. But sorry, go ahead. He hires him anyway. Though. He does, yeah, which I thought was quite odd, considering I thought he might have been dragged out a little bit longer, but it, it isn't. He just, oh no, here's his job. Yeah, well done. Yeah, but it, <laughs> yeah, but he but he hits him with with the line. It's like, um, don't open the door to anyone like you. I was just like, oh, I just I, I, I hate that. I, <laughs> like my my note I've written down is just I hate posh people. <laughs> you should have said, don't yeah. fuck my daughter. You should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We uh, just hate the Tories. It just made me. When you said posh people, I just immediately prescribed that to Tories, oh, and no, then yeah, I get the, really angry. Fair enough. Also, skipping quite far ahead here, but when that point in the episode does come into play, where the little boy needs to go to the toilet, they deliberately kind of put out the dirtiest looking people you could ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they look in rags. Because I was it... like, come on, <laughs> it's a bit. <laughs> It's going to be pretty obvious, isn't it, that he's going to be rum he's going to be rumbled there. <laughs> Bit of water, mate. Just oh, splash no. in your face. I mean, come on. <laughs> Scrub up a little bit. God. <laughs> it was a bit on the nose um, for me that that last moment, but yeah, obviously we'll get to that point. <laughs> well, before we get there, um, Sun and Jay, uh, they're hit hitting it off actually. They are, um, and they're enjoying themselves, and they they say they'll have a meeting at this at the hotel where Jin is working and which I believe his family owns not not Jin's but Jai's family mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she goes for the entrance um, Jin fails to see her because he's bowing as he opens the door so that's maybe the the least interact the interaction we were well we were describing before kind of like just little moments where they, they are in each other's presence but they don't Visit, you know, actually talk or see one another. Mm -hmm. I guess, mm -hmm. which again is a very lost thing, isn't it? As we've known from season ships one. in the night, and they all, all come into pa yeah, they all come into passing with one another at some point, <coughs> reason. It's kind of like a fairy tale this episode in a weird way. Their, their relationship is like the, yeah. the, the, mm -hmm. the flashback. Anyway, this this the initial meeting of them is very um, 
whimsical. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to think like you know the lo- like the lowly stable boy steals the princess <laughs> from her betrothed. What's yeah. that? It, That's basically every, every fairy tale. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I was gonna say Princess Bride, but yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely Princess Bride. Yeah. Definitely Princess uh, Bride. Aladdin or something. It's kind of a that, that's oh, a play course, that's yeah, a play yeah. on other fairy tales, isn't it? But you know, but that's not a fairy tale, so to speak. It's mm. a Disney film. But yeah, it, it is. It does but play it, out that it's way. The, it's the familiar trope, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah. 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 Like yeah. The, um, I, I, I find it quite good though that um I, I still don't think that the revelation of um what did you say his name was? Jay? Jay, yeah. Jay, yeah. Um, Jay, yeah. You know, the whole way through, I, w- I couldn't remember what happened in this episode. So the whole way through, I was like, oh, he's actually quite nice. You know, I wonder what happened that, you know, <laughs> made them um, made them part ways. And then it, it hits you with it right at the end. And you're, oh, you're just like crestfallen. It's like, oh, no, son, you were you were almost you're almost a, you're almost there. The heir to a hotel fortune. But oh, this this guy has to go. Off. She friends on uh, herself, basically. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They made the the conscious effort to make Young Jin Kim look absolutely adorable in this episode. Like mm-hmm. I think I just when she's like walks out in a little silk floor dress and she looks so lovely. Who wouldn't want to marry her? And then and then the guy just basically says to her, oh, "I met this woman in America in Harvard. I'm gonna go and marry." Her. I'm like, "You little shit." <laughs> Yeah, he's he's basically only been seeing her just to satisfy his mum and dad. Yeah, yeah. that's basically it. But yeah, but it's what basically been lying to, to some where they've been bonding and they find common ground, and he wants things to be more relaxed and not pressured. He says to her, and that kind of gives her more confidence yeah. to continue with the with the courting. Um, yeah, and then on the second meeting, or well, the second meeting that we see, he kind of uh, hmm. pisses all over it, which is horrible. And yeah, I think I'm just falling. In I think I'm falling in love with Young Jin Kim from 2005. I have to be that specific. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just think it's all the more heartbreaking that she kind of takes it on her shoulders. She's obviously upset and disappointed, but she still wishes him well. She does. And, she, yeah. and you're just like, oh, it's like a dagger through the heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie me. It hurts. <laughs> and then and then you get to the flashback um, that we've already described with the it, I've actually written in my notes a poorly dressed father and son. So, yeah. <laughs> um, a, approaches the hotel. So you know, take take with that what you will. But he asked permission to enter, and obviously Jin's very uncertain about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he lets him go anyway because this boy is literally about to pee his pants. <laughs> he is. Um, which it, which if it was Mister Kim, he'd probably say, "Just go. You're not coming in here." Yeah, just send him away straight away. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so reluctantly lets the pair in, but Mister Kim just happens to be there and observes this. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> he just happens to be there and he gives him a rate dressing down. Peeking through the window. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not like Jin's like supervisor. It's like the head, the CEO of the company, just <laughs> happens to walk past. What's going on here? Remember what I told you in the last <laughs> flashback. <laughs> Um, and he he insults his background again at the same time as this whole dressing down and Jin rightly quits on the spot Mm -hmm. because you know we're not taking that shit from posh rich 
bastards. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I quite like this moment. I mean, yeah, it do, does play a bit oddly, so, but it it just shows that Jin clearly can't abandon his his upbringing and his roots and his morals. That he's got a certain uh, standard that he will strive to kind of stick to, no matter what he does. It it, it just yeah. it always comes back. He can't abandon it. So it's yeah, it's it's. Which I guess makes it all the more um, makes him all the more interesting of a character, especially from how he we saw uh, how he began, you know, very angry, prone to violence. You know, it's amazing how we're only thirty episodes in, and you've quite clearly seen that rise and fall of him almost. Mm. You know, there's there's a definite curve with his character. There's a lot more to him than just so we... what you were re- initially saw. Yeah. So I'm just getting confused with the flashback because now we've got to try and bridge the gap between him quitting as the. Is it Mister? Is it Mister Kim who's running that hotel, or is it someone else? No, that's Mister Kim. Um, or, or is Mister Kim is just is just in this episode. He's just the the hotel manager, as far as I'm aware, and then he goes to work for Son's father after that. I think. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. That's oh, right, because okay. I think Jai Lee's mum and dad, the guy whose son he's seeing, his mum and dad have owned the hotel, I think. You know what, I'm getting confused, because think... it's Kim is Yunjin Kim's surname. Their surname is Kwan, isn't yeah. it? I'm getting confused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's son's maiden name? <laughs> isn't, it mis- isn't it Mr. Pi? Is it Pi? Pi? Oh, Pi, yes. Pi, but yeah. So yeah. That's right. Okay, yeah. Okay, so from here, Jin will go on to work for Son's dad, uh, yeah, right, right, and become the the badass hitman motherfucker. The, yes. the badass motherfucker. Yeah, I was about to say the badass motherfucker. <laughs> okay. Oh no. I still think Daniel Day Kim needs to be in like a, a Korean gangster movie or something like that as like the main bad guy. He'd be so good. Yeah, imagine if he was in Just like making... one of the raid films or something. Oh. <sighs> Stop it! He'd <laughs> <laughs> be so good. Wasn't he in that? I did, I haven't seen it. That Hellboy film from last year, the year before. Yeah, it's shocking. It's so bad. Oh, so I I really I act, I actively avoided it, so I couldn't comment. <laughs> okay, oh, fair enough. I watched it because I wanted to see if um, David Harbour was any good, and bless him, he tries so hard, but the dialogue is fucking horrible. It's like a comedy <laughs> film. Oh, it's really? just okay. it's just puns and quips. It's so bad, but oh. he's quite good. And Daniel Day Kim is like a special agent guy, cop person, but he becomes <laughs> a wolfman or something or a tiger. <laughs> right, okay. For reasons, yeah. It's <laughs> but it it's got this really really dodgy British accent in it. Um, oh oh really? god, yeah. And Big Mo has a big machine gun. At one point, from EastEnders. Oh yes, I remember. I saying saw that. her in the trailer. <laughs> I saw that in the trailer, and I was like, "Oh, Gary, Gary Oldman's sister's branching out." <laughs> yeah, and Sasha Lane's in it as well, and she's just kind of annoying. But yeah, the the yeah, don't watch it. It's fucking horrible. Just so bad. <laughs> just whilst we're on the subject, I remember seeing the first promo shot of David Harbour. You know where he's all six packed up and full Hellboy regalia, and I was like, "Oh my god, this looks the tits." He looks great. <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah, I remember freaking the fuck out, thinking, "Okay, I miss Ron Perlman and another Del Toro film, but this might actually be something." <laughs> and then it promptly became what it became. It's <laughs> it's quite odd because it starts off, it kind of 
continues as this kind of comedy mm-hmm. element with his comedy elements to it for most of the film and then right in the last act it goes all out blood just like horror blood everywhere and it's all kind of a bit um it's just without much reason it's just for the sake of it yeah and it gets really I tiresome. think for the most part it had a troubled production didn't it in the end i think there's a there's another film somewhere it's just not the one you've seen release the yeah. hellboy cut <laughs> whatever released and then it, there's I, I still see the uh, release trank cut of fantastic four <laughs> and i'm like nothing will save that one i'm sorry <laughs> i'm all for the justice league personally but i ain't for fantastic <laughs> that was another weird one where it suddenly turned into dr doom blowing heads up and i was like huh where'd that come yeah, from scan of shit i love that it's the best part of the film <laughs> yeah but it was like a pg and i remember going to the cinema watching it and it had been so dull and boring and then he's toby kebbles walking down that corridor just throwing his hand out and pe- blood splatters going on the wall and i'm like <laughs> is this a pg how's this a pg <laughs> is it a little tighter in the front room uh, loving it <laughs> kid well raiders of the lost arcs pg in it and that has melting nazis so i guess kids have got to learn some way <laughs> anyway so yes a bit of a sidebar for the fantastic daniel day kim there uh-huh. but so he's quit on he's quit on the spot yeah. and he's he's doing a bit of a bit of soul searching now towards the end of these flashbacks in this episode he's wandering along a bridge it's very all it's very uh i won't go as far as emo but <laughs> um Jin passes a woman in an orange dress and there's your little signal and he looks back kind of longingly and um, he shakes his head almost in laughter because it's a bit of misdirect. Yeah. Um, and then as he kind of laughs to himself, he turns around and he bumps into Sun. <laughs> and that's your that's your meeting, I guess. Yeah, your your meet cute. Um, which you know, <laughs> if it happened in in a rom com, I'd be like, oh, this is this is awful, <laughs> this is so bad. But I like I was fully on board, so I was like, yeah, this is great. I don't I don't care. Just get them together. It's yeah. great. Let's go. I was exactly the same as that. Exactly the same. <laughs> I was like, soppy bollocks a moment I wrote down, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Like, uh, I think uh, we've established, though, haven't we, with these characters, though, we're all right with soppy bollocks, because <coughs> it seems to work. Yeah, yeah, it's all about the chemistry, so it's... Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's the flashbacks, is, unless there's anything else, really, to comment on i guess really to take what we take from that is the very first meeting of obviously sun and Jin, and just kind of like i guess in a way like some other characters you don't really learn much more than you kind of already know or have had implied to you but it, it fills in a few more gaps um and obviously the best part, really, for, for me anyway, is obviously when they just meet, and it's just a lovely little moment. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't argue with any of that. Um, as I say, there's nothing nothing too revelatory uh, in, in this episode as far as the flashbacks go, um, but I think it just it really leads into the significance of what is happening to Sun on the island, at least. Sun and Jin, apologies. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go to the on island events then so again for the purpose of what's happening at the moment in the, especially in the early stages at the moment we'll split this into 
what's happening on the beach and then what's happening on the other side of the island. Yeah, um, yeah. Because there's a lot of ground that initially this season is covering for the most part anyway. Mm-hmm. So on the beach then, so Sun discovers that she's lost a wedding ring, which is currently my worst fear, I think, <laughs> if I ever did. I don't know what I'd do, so I always like to check it's there. Hmm. <laughs> um, and then Jack, Superman Jack comes along, as always, and offers to help look for the ring, and she declines him. I mean, Jack's basically a metal detector. I'm sure he'd find it, but, you know, <laughs> he's, he's Superman. He'd find it. Yeah, he tells, um, her, he tells her the, the nice story about um, buying the replacement ring. Um, that's right which which is um his wife didn't find out about um i'm much the same that happened to me i lost my wedding ring um and i had to buy i'm sure it'll happen in my life i had to buy a replacement (laughs) um luckily mine wasn't too expensive Uh, (laughs) yeah mine's not but um yeah it's quite a nice story from from jack but I, i like that um it leads into you know jack admitting to son at least that he's no longer married uh which i think is the f- yeah. first time he's he's told somebody else i know we know obviously but um yeah uh, yeah i think you're right um where was i going with this where's my notes what was it oh yeah so obviously we have a little moment with jack and then later on she starts uh massacring a garden <laughs> which yeah even now, I kind of want to scream at the no, not all the vegetables. You've done <laughs> yeah. so well. Yeah, you've done so good. <laughs> um, and then uh, Locke turns up. He just kind of wanders in like he does. Mm-hmm. Um, um, hold on a second. I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, Locke, Locke sort of gives some more um, sage advice. Let's say you know. <laughs> That, so- that sounds got quite ni- profound, but it's actually just rubbish, <laughs> which is yeah, most of the last absolutely. stuff. <laughs> exactly. I've got written here, I think, is it a follow-on? But I've written down that she, Sun says that she don't, doesn't r- not remember ever seeing him angry. I'm a, I'm, but I don't know why I've written that. Am I referring no, no, to that, Locke? No, that happens. Yeah. Yeah, she says that. Oh, right. Okay. She's never seen him angry. Oh, right. That's right. Sorry, I confused myself. <laughs> it's not difficult these days. <laughs> Um, it's, I think I was <clears throat> scribbling really quick whilst watching it. Yeah, but yeah. So yeah. and that's what? that's when when Locke sort of mentions that um, since arriving on the island, you know, he doesn't have to be or he doesn't feel the need to be angry anymore. You know, he's he's sort of above it all now. Um, yeah, and you get and you get a little bit of a reference to the title of the episode where she, you know, she asks him how he found himself, and he says. The mm. same way anything gets lost, uh, what's lost is found. You know, I stop looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's yeah. a great line. And like you say, it, it it's a great line. But like John says, for Locke, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's his usual stuff, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah. It's it is profound, but it's also you know, it's generic lock bollocks. <laughs> lock bollocks. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I was going to say lock, it's like lock it's bollocks. All, it's always in the last place you look. I was like, oh well, thanks, thanks, Locke. That's, that's a, a that's great help. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know when you just said then, John, that it's like sage advice? I suddenly, for whatever reason, imagine Locke as like the wizard of the island. <laughs> yeah, it, he's, he's it like, works. He's, he's like the, the grand old... Because like Gandalf has his fair share of bollocks, let's be honest. <laughs> true, true. So, you know. 
<laughs> any, any, sorry. Anyway, so, so she's had interactions with the two um, main characters, I guess, uh, the arguing forces, which I think again isn't unintentional on um, Lindor Loff and Cuss's part, having those two particular characters talk to Sun. Um, you have Hurley in there as well. With everything that's been happening. Pardon? Uh, you have Hurley in there as well, don't you? For a brief, yeah, uh, comical or comedy relief scene where they suggest looking in uh, uh, Vincent's poop. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> he also he also asks. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was gonna say he also asked her about career and he said, "Did you go to the Olympics?" <laughs> Which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> oh, right. And Sun just looks at him. <laughs> I had, I, had, I also had a, uh, I had a note here. It's like, "Are you from the good Korea or the bad Korea?" Which also made me laugh. Sun's like the good one. And that's <laughs> oh, Hurley's such a child, bless him in the cutest way. He just breaks it down into such simple terms. But he's not wrong, so. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I think does our oh, son also mentions about the puppy because he asked about he says a story about his dog eating something and he poked out like a dollar yeah. in nickels or something and then <laughs> her son kind of remembers about the puppy that Jim bought for her, which we've seen, and yeah. I can't remember the name of it, but in Korean I think in English it translates to a kiss. I thought, oh, that's quite that's quite sweet. Hmm. I can't remember the name of the Aww. of the actual puppy, but the translation yeah. was a kiss. So, That's so cute. yeah, even when Jin's not there, all these nice little memories about their happy well, that one time happy past, it all kind of gets mm. brought up, which is you know he know he clearly knows how to woo a lady. Let's <laughs> be honest, he does, and he's very kind um, to kids who need the piss as well. So <laughs> thumbs up. Yeah, as we've established, it at, at the risk of his job <laughs> and livelihood. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Risk it for a piss. <laughs> um, yeah. mm-hmm. In addition to Jack and Locke, um, Kate comes along to try and console her, and uh, Sun mentions about the messages in a bottle mm. that she recovered and buried in. Was it last week's episode? Claire found it. It was yeah. last week's episode. Yeah. Um, and I think Kate goes into career briefly goes into like career criminal mode when they start digging it up almost because the she's getting upset and like frantically trying to read all these messages yeah um, it's weird um yeah it's, it's not 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 criminal sorry she's nothing incriminating but she obviously goes into like does Sire love me yeah like mode. paranoid sort of glenn yeah. close almost sort of weird yeah and sun deduced straight I didn't away know how to, I'd, yeah i didn't know how to take it but i guess it served a purpose. Yeah, it was. It, I, I just found it very odd. It's like she's a she's a grown woman, and it's, she's acting like it's a like a, a, a high school romance type. Like thing. it's nine oh two one zero, John. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's like <laughs> uh, what did what did he say about me? Did he ask about me? You know, that it's just like oh, kid. I mean, I know. No, he he got shot and the raft blew up. But he does <laughs> yeah. he does love you. Don't worry. <laughs> What, what, just going back to the messages, were they not the messages that the Islanders wrote to take to their families for Jin, Sawyer, and Michael to take to their families? So, why did mm. Sawyer write oh, yeah. a note? It, it, yeah, why would he have written a note to give? Ooh. Why would he have put a note what? in the bottle? I'm back. He taking... Here's yeah. a note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I know I'm going to not make it. <laughs> Ooh, plot hole. Yeah, that makes no sense. 
That is, unless someone can tell us, whoever listens to this and can comment on the Twitter feed or anything like that, yeah. and can correct us, that is a major plot hole. We'll have to go back and listen to the finale episodes yeah. and figure it out. No, you're definitely right. So they, they all write a note, they go on the raft, raft blows up, messages float back, but in the meantime, Sawyer must have, I don't know. And, I don't and know. also, what would Kate want to find in there? Obviously something about Sawyer. Or is he going to write, P.S. I love Kate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That does, yeah, that makes no sense. That's, uh. It just struck me oh, when I watched God. it like last week. I just thought, ah, no, you've got... yeah, there's something not... It must be explained in my previous episodes of why. Can... Okay, can I just say... We... So, <laughs> I love how we've got 30 episodes into this. And the only major plot hole or the thing that we have issue with is a note in a bottle when we've got smoke monsters, you know, all sorts of weird shit kicking off. But but the note in the bottle is the the major plot hole. Yeah, yeah. Fuck talking about the logical stuff. We're talking about, you know, pen and paper, sort of basic stuff here. But yeah, it, it, it's just odd. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure, it, you know, it has to be explained at some point. Because I know he was talking, yeah. there was a conversation between him and Michael during the finale, or maybe the episode before the finale, where Michael says to Sawyer, you, he, he believes that he wants to die or something. Because mm. Sawyer kind of admits he has nothing to live for, nothing back home. So maybe it ties into that dialogue, I don't know. Um, Possibly. Still. Yeah, just weird. Yeah. And Kate, it's a confusing the one. The way Kate acts as well is just... And considering that her and Jack are getting much more closer. You know, there's more of a sexual tension there now because we had the shower scene last week. Um, oh, yeah. It's kind of building on that. <laughs> the accidental on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're kind of back to Sawyer again. So it's this, yeah, it just kind of takes the wind out of those sails. I don't know. Maybe that's the point yeah. of it. But as we all know, you know, that it's a classic love triangle of the show. But And I think we've said, haven't we, that it's... In the grand scheme of the show, it's not one of the show's biggest, uh, strongest uh, points. The the yeah. love triangle between those two. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's quite obvious who she should be with, <laughs> and makes very little sense why she'd want to be with the opposite. So, anyway, but yeah, I'm glad we all agree on that because I remember rewatching it, just thinking I'm a bit perturbed by all this, but did not spot the plot hole. So again, if you're listening, please correct us if we're wrong. If you think. It's explained. Because, um, um, yeah, I've written my notes. She doesn't say goodbye to Sawyer, blah, blah, blah. And then, there we go. They stop looking for it, and they look down in the sand, and where is her wedding ring? But there, <laughs> in the garden. Or in the sand, sorry. Yeah, a bit strange, but as a, a close to the this story, the episode, I suppose it's, I suppose it's all right. It's convenient, but I suppose it's all right. I was okay with it. I think it works in in respect of uh, what the island is supposed to represent and all its mystical qualities. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah. Give it gives it back to you if you stop looking or or whatever. You know, did anything at any other show or any explana- other explanation? I'd be like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's like going on holiday to Disneyland, like I did on honeymoon, and suddenly finding you know my wedding ring on Splash Mountain or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Did you, um, yeah. did you, I, I mean, it might just be because I watched the episodes like, literally one after the other, but compared to uh, the ending of Everybody Hates Hugo and the ending of this one, did you not think they were too similar? As in, Rose 
holds onto that chocolate bar and kind of knows mm. that Bernard's alive and then Sun finds a wedding ring and you can tell on her face that she has this renewed hope that Jin is okay. It just felt very similar. Mm. Even though it was great, it was nice and had that the juxtaposition with the meeting in the mm. flashback. I mean, I, I don't know. Did you guys think that at all? Or did you not really? Yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah. yeah. I think... I think it's an intentional parallel. Um, I, w- I, I wouldn't say it's unintentional. I liked it, and I think it's it's almost um, it's kind of like a precursor to obviously those uh, spouses returning the to yeah. The, yeah later on in the season. Um, it's just nice that even though they're split apart, all these characters can still have a bit of hope. Because other than that, it'd be a pretty downbeat show. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, <laughs> even though it already kind of is at times, but um, but yeah, that's the on beach events, and she got her wedding ring back, and I was very chuffed, <laughs> very chuffed. Which takes us then to the all oh, the other side of the island, wherever that may be, within the geographical landscape of this island. <laughs> it could be five minutes, it could be five hours. Who knows? <laughs> um, so. I'm just trying to remember where we left off. That's it. So they were at the other station. Was it? I think it was the Arrow that you said, John, wasn't it? Yes. Were, yeah. Uh-huh. I think. Yep. I don't think it's been named that yet, but for the purposes of this, it's the Arrow. Um, so Jin, Michael, and Sawyer have hooked, uh, not hooked up, but connected with the survivors of the tail section. So we've got Anna Lucia, Mr. Echo, Libby, Bernard, and Cindy, the air hostess lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and they make the decision to trek back to, I think, what they would consider the safer side of the island, which is the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, but Michael being Michael, this this is the first time, again, <laughs> that I thought Michael's on his shit again. Where he just kind of dro- drops everything. He's like, I'm going for Walt. <laughs> and I was like, again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're back to Walt? <laughs> yeah, he just, he just like... Uh, aren't they in the middle of like uh, fish, fishing or something like that? And he just he just bails. He's just like right, sees there. Yeah. They just turn around and yeah. he's gone. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think if it... I guess it's fair enough because it's it's obviously his his motivation. But after a while, yeah. it does become a bit grating. You're just like, oh, just like I know, I know it's it's your reason for being at the minute. But at the same time, it's like, would you do the sensible thing? That's me saying. Yeah. That's me saying that watching a TV character. If it was me, I'd probably be doing the same thing. But what? I just, I just think that like I, I can understand the A to B nature of it because, like you say, that's his motivation. But it's just how quick it happens. You know, mm. they could have maybe I don't know how you how you branch something like that out, but it just feels like he he does have a as a character a genuine interest in these other survivors mm-hmm. and a genuine interest in wanting to get them back or at least uh, join forces. Mm-hmm. And then, like you say, they're just fishing, and it's like. Yeah, I'm bored of that now. I'm gonna go find Walt. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's anyway. pretty. It's pretty funny, and that's what what sets off. Um, because it is a, a, a Sun and Jin episode mostly. Um, that mm-hmm. is where we get a bit more of Jin and uh, Mister Echo. Yeah, because they go after him, don't they? Yeah, which is a. I, I mean, I don't think they really interact a huge deal more than they do in this episode. You know. I think it's uh, it's one of those it's one of those no. unusual pairings, um, but but it works quite well here. I, I think because a lot of it is um, because Mister Echo at this point 
he doesn't he's, he's speaking at this point but he doesn't speak too much um no. yeah and and Jin obviously doesn't doesn't really know english so a lot of it is is really tense because that they know in the jungle that's where the others are um and the whole search for michael is really really tense and it leads up to the uh the the reveal of of the the group of others walking past um oh, so, which yeah yeah which i remember being like sort of blown away by um yeah because it, like i mean the main takeaway take is they have kids among their group and it's just like what what is happening yeah yeah i yeah even now it gives me goosebumps that yeah. even knowing that it's not at all as it seems yeah yeah uh, without obviously trying to spoil it just still now just thinking oh my god that is so cool <laughs> yeah so so cool i mean just before that though so the tracking michael and they get another we get another boring counter <laughs> because we need we haven't had one for a few episodes um and he Jin, i think it's yeah Jin gets attacked by the boar mm-hmm. um and here this is another little i guess uh easter egg going forward but he he lands next to the body of another survivor or, oh yes well, of course a dead body yes yeah yeah, and he's got. Um, I think he's got a a, st- um, a stake through him, if I remember right, or he's been stabbed in the chest. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Echo explains that he's called Goodwin, and mm-hmm. Jin says others because that's one of his only only words at this point he knows in English. Yeah. And Echo just gives him that nod. Yeah. And you're like, ooh. I, I, this annoyed me a little bit on this because, obviously, in hindsight, we know he is one of the others, but this episode, mm-hmm. well. It annoys me, but it's also quite good writing, you know, because um, neither of them, <laughs> because Jin doesn't really speak English, he can't elaborate, but neither does Echo. It's, it doesn't say, like, from the from the episode, you would think he was killed by one of the others. It doesn't specify yes, that he I is one of the others. Um, but it just, it kind of annoyed me, because it's like, you could be more specific. I know they're doing it for the drama and for the revelation uh, a couple episodes down the line, but <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> He should have just said, yes, he was one of the others and yeah. we killed him. <laughs> also, was this not a return of the Metabore? Do you think it's the same the same one? <laughs> it could well be. It, yeah, it probably is. The same. It's, uh, it's travelled across the island. <laughs> five it's hours, five for, days. Who cares? It's still looking for Sawyer, that's what it is. <laughs> Bastard about to shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> what where's the redneck? <laughs> 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 oh wait, you're not him. A, okay. Actually, no. That's I, a, I always like. Sorry, Tom. I was just going to say, I find it amusing that, uh, obviously, on the on the point of the uh, the metaphor joke, but like how the, in all these encounters with any of the characters, like the boar charges, hits them, but then runs off, mm. almost like it's not found what it's looking for. It's like, no, wrong one. Carry it. So it because. Other than that, you know, I mean, there's a couple of times where the characters come along and kill it, but mostly, like, it just runs off, and you're like, hmm, it's bizarre, so you might have a point there, Scott. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a very kind a of one of those um, literal, like, recurring, char- semi-recurring characters <laughs> just <laughs> pops up at the most pivotal moments in the episodes, but... In the pantheon of, like, lost creatures, Smokey and the Metaboy. <laughs> 
Oh my god, that's like that's that's like smoking the bandit, but smoking the metaphor. Sorry, <laughs> I'm going off on my own tangent. But now. it's definitely so, a good. Uh, um, it's a good point though that John made about not yeah. knowing about Goodwin and you know those the, the traits of the, the the inherent trait of Echo is a man of few words and Jin is can't speak more than a few words. It's like yeah, you, that amb- ambiguity is really clever, and I didn't pick up on it at all. So that, yeah, that's really good. Hmm. I think. Um... I see what you're saying. Like, I see both sides. Like, um, on a rewatch, it is a bit perhaps ham-fisted because, like you say, it's a bit um, it's ambiguous in a good way, ambiguous in a and frustrating way. But also, you get the um, knowledge that at some point you will find out more about this. Mm, yeah. Um, which is a good. It's a crack. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, for it's I love yeah, it it's really <laughs> it's good. It's a great episode. It's so good. I think that's two from now in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which then leads us on to what we were just discussing. So Echo picks up some fresh tracks and explains to Jin that it must be Michael. I think he only says his name. Like we say, they can't really converse with one another, but they understand what that means. Um, and Echo then senses the, uh, the arrival of somebody or something. So they hide, and then there's like this really creepy procession mm. of feet that go by, <laughs> quite clearly in like rags. Would you say like they're meant to be looking like they're a bit downtrodden and downbeaten, covered in dirt and mud, and there's the covered in dirt. But then it's the creepy teddy it's bear. The teddy bear yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that shot so with, much. With the rope around it. Oh. Oh, it's so creepy, man. Hills have eyes. Shit. And you know, we I think I think we've said it before. Like ultimately, this is a. You know, it's a it's a drama with um, it dabbles in sci-fi and the supernatural, the supernatural. But there's times when it can really go into horror. Oh yeah, I think this yeah. show and this is one of the great examples. Yeah, maybe not literal horror, but definitely psychological. It's the, the fear of the unknown, isn't it? It's the the the, uh, the yeah. tension of fear and the unknown. So yeah, fair. I think it's because yeah. they're all barefoot as well, aren't they? Yeah, and especially because uh, we we mentioned it in the. Uh, the Ethan episodes last last season, you know, there is something off about him. Um, yeah, like he, he was either supernaturally strong, but he also did that sort of staring into the middle distance thing, and just <laughs> like there's something not quite right, and this just reinforces that. Um, you know that like they're, I don't know what the the right the right sort of phrase would be, but you know like they're they're just living in the jungle. They're almost, you could maybe say they're almost savage. Yeah, from from this type yeah. of thing. But it's, it's odd though because I think that's that's what they're trying to give off, isn't it? Oh like, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, it's weird though because you have that the Ethan character is like a a great introduction to the others, just based on on those points you made, John. But when you get him and then you go to like Tom Friendly, and he's got mm. the most the cheeriest voice in the world. He's just always happy. <laughs> like, oh, okay, it's kind of it kind of makes it a bit more. Mm questionable you can't i kind yeah. of picked up on that when i first saw the, the series i was like yeah there's something not all explained about these guys there's something that they're hiding mm. it's quite clear even though they have these raggedy clothes and big giant beards and yeah it just it's the, the massive contrast between ethan and who is like very kind of stoic and emotionless and you have tom friendly who's i've got a big beard i'm jolly mm. all the time it's just <laughs> i don't know I must say though, when I'm thinking about it now, his his clothes were quite tattered as well. So I guess there's, from the audience perspective, 
we've seen Tom Friendly and a couple of goons in kind of tatters. And now you've got, um, I'm trying to think of the word, a continuation of that. So if you're watching this for the first time, um, in your mind, the writers are very much implementing the idea that these are savages that live in the jungle. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, um, so there is a con- continuity. That's what I was going for. There is a continuity mm-hmm. uh, there. Um, yeah. I just, that teddy bear bit just blows my mind. I don't know why it's so, it's, it's not really even anything, but it's just so creepy the way it's done. And yeah, they have kids. What the hell? When I think children are most effective in TV shows or films when it's in horror, because kids, Absolutely. kids in a scary film are just ultimately the most scariest thing. It's <laughs> the, sh- the Shining. It's, there you go. Classic yeah, example. and then you got all like the J horror stuff. It's yeah, and cat- Korean horror. It's yeah, yeah. Oh, creeps me out. I just watched Ring the other oh, day. Fuck that! Just whilst you mentioned, no. terrifying. Wow, it was great. I, I love yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's great. It is great, but I'm terrified of that film. <laughs> yeah, I've, shit, my pants. I've seen it. I've seen it once. I, are you talking about the the remake or the original one? R- uh, original. Yeah. It was. It's on Shudder, so That's... I've never seen it before. I've seen. Oh, I've seen okay. the American version, which I quite enjoy, but I watched the J horror one. Oh, and okay, very good. It's miles better. Yeah. See, I've only seen the the remake and. I never wanted to see it again. It just, oh, <laughs> uh, no, it messed me up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the American version, they, they do, I, I did notice that they, they do lift specific things, and I guess the lasting memory of the remake that I have is the girl in the cupboard with her head falling off. Uh, yeah. And in Horrible. and in the original, there is something very similar to that. Okay. Uh, slightly worse, <laughs> I guess, oh, but dear. it's on par. Um, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is a creepy film. <laughs> I had to watch it in the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's the best way to watch horror movies. Absolutely, that's the only way I watch them. Now. Did you? Um... No, I'm a season. I'm a season veteran. I normally have my headphones on and everything in the dark, but I couldn't. Oh. I couldn't do it. Did Did you uh, know love, that there was a, a crossover of Ring and Grudge that they released a few years ago? It It's also on Shudder. I'm considering it. Oh. The ending is just ridiculous. It goes batshit crazy, but yeah, it's just more of the stuff that will terrify you, basically. But it's <laughs> both combined into one convenient sort of film clump. Isn't it something like where the the kid from the Grudge watches the videotape or something daft like it, that, and then I, I won't spo- I won't spoil it. it okay, it, yeah, okay. but the end of it is just terrifying. It's like the, your worst nightmares come true, basically. Oh well. Okay. Yeah, the closing of the film. You see, my wor- my worst nightmare come true was like when I was reading it, and I have a big fear of spiders, and obviously, you know, that whole thing. But then I saw the film, and I was like, it's too much CGI. I'm not scared, <laughs> so it ruined it yeah, for me. Yeah, I sometimes like being scared in a weird way, but you I know, think that's why I don't really like horror films because I just I don't like being scared in general. I, it must just be that thing for me. But... <laughs> I think it all. I think it weirdly it all sparked with Cabin in the Woods when I saw that. I don't know why it was the right amount of scary but funny. But then it it taught me more about the tropes of horror in a very yeah. original way. And then it went full on gore fest at the end, which I loved. Yeah, yeah. And then ever since then, I've just kind of rolled with it and understood horror more. I don't know. I think it. It's probably yeah. one of the f- times I'll go. Okay, Whedon, I'll accept it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it it does kind of just point all those really obvious things which you didn't notice before 
but your brain did. Exactly. But then, yeah, but now it's kind of like brought, to, brought to the forefront, and it's like, oh yeah, all these horror films are kind of all the same, and it's all just for fun, and yeah. it's just a gore fest yeah. you want, isn't it? So. It's just when the elevator doors open and like literally every creature you've ever seen from any horror, like a basilisk, the merman, the merman, the the freaking dragons flying around, the demons, the ghosts, the unicorn for God's sake! I mean, it's just um, it's so much fun. Uh, it was very satisfying. Anyway, you can cut this bit out. Sorry, digressed a little bit. Um, so just to, just a caveat. Also, obviously, we've had the barefoot others walking by. Um, the uh, Jin and Mr. Echo then find Michael and uh, they convince him you see this is why I thought it was v- too abrupt in a way because they convince him to come back and I guess in a way the only reason for Michael to go off as abruptly as he did was so that Jin and My- uh, Echo would go after him to then see the others do you know what I mean Yeah. It, it, it from is, a writing perspective yeah it's, it's pretty contrived because he, he disappears I don't know where, and they find him just as quickly. You know, it's exactly like I think they just turned a corner and he's just stood in a river. It's like it's like, did you not just see the procession of people walking by? Yeah. <laughs> no. I think yeah, Jin is uh, think... like just doing Sorry. something. He's like washing something or washing his hands, and then Michael was like, "Oi, Jin, what are you doing? Piss off!" <laughs> oh, isn't it something like Michael's walking in circles? I think it is, yeah, because they, yeah, they eventually kind of. I think they do figure out that they, whilst following his tracks, yeah. so they eventually will know they'll yeah. get to him. Yeah, but the Echo convinces him to go back, say, and he says that you know the others will not be found unless they want to be, yeah. which I guess is a cool little way, even though it is quite contrived. Maybe they wanted to be seen. Hmm. Yeah. Eh, either way, Michael abruptly running off his usual. Michael Bollocks and they took my son from my hands, <laughs> my boy. Is and it, it could, that could that thing where uh, it follows on from um, the the raft episode? Is it adrift? Uh, yeah. Or yeah, and um, Michael keeps shouting Walt, and so it's like, do you think he's gonna hear you? I have to keep. I have to because he might hear me. You don't know. And he he doubles down on it here, and he does it here, and. Echo says, "Stop shouting!" <laughs> I was gonna. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I don't. I can't remember what Arnie film it says, but it was like, "Stop shouting! I'm not deaf." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he definitely doubles down on that. But yeah, um, and and that's that's the end, really. That is everything I have written down, unless uh, either of you have anything else that you wish to add. A quick one. Did what did we think of? I mean, this is like the first episode where Echo is gets to shine a little bit. We get a more insight mm. to him as a person. Did we like it? I thought it was really, I thought it was really good. Yeah, you learn a little bit yeah, of him as a guy. I'll, I'll always like AAA, um, and I'll always appreciate how little or a lot we get of him. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think it's because it's obvious that he's a trouble as a character. He's a troubled man. And but he's like we say he's a man of few words, but he's kind of sort of coming out of his shell a bit. Um, he gets Jin's respect, or well, Jin earns his respect because he stands up to him when he hits yeah. him. And Jin's like, "No, nah, fuck it, I'm going. I'm going to go and find Michael." And Echo's like, "Yeah, okay, you're it's, okay, it's, dude." I think it's interesting who um, he gravitates towards as well. So like, obviously he goes with Jin quite willingly, but mm. as opposed to someone like 
he definitely wouldn't go with Sawyer. Not at this point, anyway. Bit of a loose cannon, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it, it, it's like he can read people. And also, Sawyer's a bit of a liability at the moment because of his shoulder wound. And have we gone over the Anna Lucia Sawyer like dissension or like the kind of they have this weird back and forth, and it kind of makes it's just padding because Sawyer stops and. And Lucy says, oh, you're holding us up. And he says, well, you can't find a way to the island then. And then she says, are you married? And he says, well, no. He asks her if she's married. And she asks him the same thing. And then that's the end of the scene. And he gets up and they go on. I'm like, okay. What's the point of that? <laughs> yeah. Very weird. I've tried to develop some kind of sexual tension, which, of course, you know, does lead on. But it's very odd, oddly placed scene. It just didn't, didn't serve anything. So There's a few of those, though. Unfortunately, but you know, I think every show's got one, haven't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I think as a whole, maybe the episode it it sounds like I'm I'm damning it with faint praise, but uh, it is a bit of a filler episode, you know, nothing much Mm -hmm. happens beyond you know, we know that uh, the the tail section survivors, the tail leaks, are going to eventually meet up with with, uh, our, our normal cast, our usual cast, and it's just getting them to that point. Yeah, and, I mean the only the only thing of importance is really that that glimpse of the others, uh, like it as as good as the the flashback is, uh, as 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 we said earlier, it doesn't really add anything, and the the on island stuff is just you know kind of place mm. placeholder until we get to the the eventual meeting. You know, now that we're summarising it, it's weird to think that, like, 50 minutes ago we were talking about, like, the love story. <laughs> of, of yeah. No, but it, it, they are very different in a way. It's amazing that we've suddenly gone from the lovey-dovey, I guess, origins of Jin and Son yeah. to, like, the absolute abstract horror, I guess, of the the procession of the others. And what. And it's, it's two different episodes now that we're talking <laughs> about it and summarising it. It's, yeah... I still enjoyed it. It's not. It's by nowhere near like I've, the worst episode we've no. had. Yeah. I, I think the problem is, is we have such a strong flashback. For some reason, they have to have a weak island event, and yes. back and, and vice versa. Generally speaking, I know there are some there's some minor exceptions, um, but this is one of those. And I think you couldn't have an episode of Sun just looking for her ring. It wouldn't work. But yeah. then you can't go too far to the other story on the other because then you're developing that too fast and then you know it's 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 a balancing act it's very tough but um i think they had to sacrifice they sacrificed a lot of other characters so you only see like jack once you see Locke once you see hurley once so all your major players are there for literally 17 seconds and it's yeah. all just about mm. sun finding this ring so most of the episode is taken up with just walking and talking with not much else yeah. it's very weird but it is. But it does serve a purpose, and it gets us to where we're going into next week, which is episode six, Abandoned. Um, it's and oh, uh, yeah. Is it the, oh, the money episode? It is. <laughs> money. You're going to New York. Money. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we will just leave that as it is, really. But I'm sure we will get into that. But it, it, it it's both equally frustrating and satisfying depending on whether you're a fan of said character. <laughs> Did you have any uh, production um, notes, Tom? Funnily enough, I didn't really for this episode. Um, it, it was quite 
scarce. Um, let me just see, because uh, I have actually written in my notes, check production notes, and I've, I've been useless these last few weeks. Sorry. That's all right. Um, no, no. Being signed off work, I just forget where I am and what time and like like earlier two hours before this i was like oh shit it's tuesday <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> it's just blurring into everything everything's just blurring into one now no there's not much um other than as you've already said it was obviously a lindelof and cuss episode um you know <laughs> nothing else really. it was quite it's quite it's quite a bare episode even when i looked at the reception notes on um with the Wikipedia entry for it, it just said the episode got 21.5 million viewers, and that was it. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> normally there's a bit more for, to reception, but because I thought, oh, it's a Jin and Sun episode, definitely... there'd be some notes on that on reception. Yeah, I've definitely got a couple for next week. <laughs> I'm actually quite looking forward to next oh, week. It's <laughs> gonna be satisfying. So, we also get, but I will say. It's got Saeed being stupid again. It has. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, I've missed Saeed, actually. Depend- dependent on. No, we haven't, actually. That's a good He's point. Been... It's like you just said, though. Like A lot of characters have kind of been <sighs> dropped for now. Yeah. It was kind of... They've either been circul- circling around this hatch thing that's going on, mm. or doing nothing. <laughs> so we're yeah. going to go back to the actual characters. Like, Jin... Not Jin. Saeed was helping yeah. out with the hatch, wasn't he? And that was it. So now we go back to we're doing back to bad side with Shannon. Great. Yeah. <laughs> but but other than that, we will reconvene next week. Indeed. Uh, thank you for listening, as always. Thank and, you. Um, thank you. Yes. Speak soon. Bye. Bye.